0: The Old Talbot Tavern from Bardstown, Kentucky, was built in 1779 as the westernmost, at the time, stagecoach stop in the frontier wilderness of a new nation. The town of Salem, later renamed to Bardstown, grew up around it. You're listening to the Mysterious Brews Podcast, and tonight we bring you the case of Ghosts from a Haunted Bar. deep, dark, dank, moist basement somewhere in the bowels of Georgia. Well, tonight we got a special episode for you because, you know, family issues and everything else that's been going on in the basement land that y'all are aware of if you keep up with us on our socials. We had the pleasure of listening to one of our crew members, Mr. Heater from Bardstown, Kentucky, recount some of the strange happenings that happened while he worked at the Old Talbot Tavern in Bardstown, Kentucky. So if you're keeping score, this is episode four or five, I believe, centered in Bardstown, Kentucky. So join us as we welcome Ed from Cigar Store Idiots and Heater as we discuss the crazy haunted bar of old Talbot
1: Tavern. The old Talbot Tavern here in Bardstown, which was founded in 1779. That tells you how old that fucking place is.
0: Yeah, I was and reading it, up on it, man. That I mean, y'all had, that place has had a ton of distinguished guests come through oh there.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Matter of fact, General, uh, Clark from, uh, Rogers and Clark still owes us a fucking outstanding bill. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fucking crazy. Fuck. I mean, dude, Abraham Lincoln lived there when he was like six or seven years old for like two or three months because there was a, uh, land dispute on the land that his father owned And it was on, it was going to trial and they had to vacate the property. So they actually lived at the top of the tavern for two months. Wow. Dang. Illinois could say that fucking they're the land Lincoln by God. Motherfucking Abraham Lincoln was born in, uh, I can't even fucking remember the name of the damn little town. (laughs) 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 Hang on. I got it. I can't, I can't let this go. Hodgenville. Hodgenville, yes. Yeah,
0: Hodgenville. Yeah. yeah, Said yeah, said he was born in a, a cabin on Sinking Spring Farm, which is near Hodgenville.
1: Yes, they actually have the cabin still standing. Sweet. No shit. Yeah. But you know what's no shit is the fact that you were able to pull out fucking Hodgenville and I couldn't. And I live fucking twenty miles away from it. Uh, I'm gonna
0: tell you something. Arlo's Google and research skills are fucking second to none. Well, I'll hey, say that the, man is well, on his shit. I, we have a. Uh, I'm giving you all your props, Arlo. Well, I appreciate it, but we've uh, we've been called on the carpet once or twice. So all I'm good at is whatever Google lets me see. So. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I, I do hear. love I do I do love those moments on Cigar Store when nobody knows Dick else we all look at each other for that few seconds. Yeah. Yeah, we're
0: like, well, is that true? I mean, is he just making it's it like, up or like, is somebody gonna
1: hop on the Google machine?
0: <laughs> yeah, we don't have an excuse now.
1: <laughs> like you told me it. Fake it till you make it.
0: That's right, baby. That's
1: right. Fuck yeah. Take it by God. I don't give a fuck if I'm wrong or not. By God, if I, I ain't never giving in.
0: <laughs> no, go down with the ship, Captain.
1: Go down with the ship. <laughs> exactly. Hell yeah. I'm going to fucking sink this some bitch to the bottom and I'm going to fucking enjoy every minute of it until you fuck y'all all the way down. That's right. I told you I was telling the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I will defend a lie until my dying day.
1: That's right. <laughs> I don't give a fuck what she said. It wasn't me. That's right. Yeah. Ain't no proof. It was before <laughs>
0: cell phones.
1: Oh, in video, it wasn't me. That's right. <laughs> it looked like me. It sounded like me. But by God, it wasn't me.
0: Doppelgangers everywhere.
1: <laughs> well, apparently, i got a shit ton of them because I've got so many people who told me, like, Man, I don't know if somebody looks just like you. I'm like, that poor son of a bitch. <laughs> God's got a sick sense of humor if he's going to make multiple people this goddamn ugly. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: <laughs> did that help, though, when you was working at the tavern to keep ghosts from fucking with you? No. <laughs> no, they fucked with me big time, dude. How many How many years did,
0: did you I, in there? I'm sorry, what'd you say? How many years did you bartend there? (laughs) About six and a half. Dang, so you got some some good stories. Oh oh yeah. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. So my sister actually was a manager there when I was in college, or no, I take it back. When I was in when I moved out to Oregon, she was a manager there for several years and she had ton of, you know. Interactions as well. So, I mean, I knew, I mean, of course, even before I moved to Oregon, I knew I was like, everybody knows the fucking tavern's haunted, dude. I mean, you've been around for 200 plus years. You've had multiple kids that passed away because, I mean, obviously the mortality rate, you know, in those days, a lot higher. But I mean, there's been like, there's been like, I'd say double digit kids that died in that building over the years.
0: I was reading somewhere the owner, the original Talbots, one of their children fell down the stairs.
1: Yeah, and that's they, that's what is perceived to be one of the children's ghosts that are in there. There's multiple children's ghosts in there. Man, that's multiple. I'll tell you a quick little anecdote right now. When my sister was working, this is when I was living out in Oregon. She was a manager, and seat now you got to keep in mind with this hotel there's no staff that stays overnight with you. it's just you, whatever other guests there are, and the spirits Dang. that and she was checking somebody out one morning, and they were like, "I really like how you all have the little boy and girl in period in old period dress." You know, playing upstairs, and my sister's like, excuse me? She's like, the little boy and little girl, they were dressed in antique clothes. They were playing upstairs. She's like, I really think that was really cool of y'all to do that. My sister's like, we don't have any children that work here. They had actually seen a couple of the goats. I mean, these people swore up and down. They watched a little boy and a little girl playing with each other because See, it's kind of weird how it's set up. Of course, you've got the downstairs, you've got the main lobby, which has got, like, a little gift shop and, you know, the desk that people check in and out of and all that. And then the other rooms are all, besides the bar, are all restaurant rooms. Mm -hmm. But you go upstairs, and it opens up to another lobby, which borders on, like, the uh, patio, I mean, you go up there you're sitting outside watching everybody else doing dumb shit and you're sitting there getting drunk. It was great. But they swore up and down that there was a little boy and a little girl sitting there playing with each other and they were dressing like seventeen, eighteen hundreds 1800s era clothing. And my sister was like, we don't have kids that work here. We don't do that. Yeah. And That was kind of like the, one of the first things that I, I mean, I already heard other stories, but that was one of the ones that got me like, man, that that's kind of freaky. Yeah. But then I started working there when I moved back from Oregon and I realized I'm like, that ain't shit. (laughs) (laughs) How how long did it take when you were started working there before something, something
0: fucked up happened or you started like kind of sensing things?
1: Well, I mean, I, I, already, I already knew that it was haunted, so I kind of already had the pre, you know, deposition or whatever. But it didn't take fucking long. I tell you, the only and and in all honesty, in my opinion, those ghosts are there to protect the tavern and the people that work there. They've only did one thing that I would consider malicious towards me, and who knows what the fuck I did to piss them off before that, but. <laughs> I walked into, like, the, our beer closet where we kept all our beer to, you know, to store in the fucking coolers. And I walked in, and I'll be honest with you, this, this one actually, this is the only time that really fucking scared me. I walked in that fucking closet, and as soon as I walked in, two cases of beer came flying off the fucking corner and missed me by about two inches. Mm. And I stopped, and I looked around, I was like, hey, man, whatever I did to piss y'all off, I'm sorry. I mean no harm. Pick those two cases up, put them back up, and I got the fuck out of that goddamn closet. (laughs) I don't blame you. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I mean, there's there's been several times where I, you know, when I was in there, when you just kind of get that feeling, you know, the hair in the back of your neck starts standing up, shit like that. Yeah. My regular thing was, was like, look, any spirits that are here I mean you no harm. I just want to do such and such and I'm getting the hell out of here and I did and besides the time that those two beer cases fell down right behind me, that's the only time I ever felt threatened. I honestly yeah. consider them the guardians of that that building and it caught on fire. I think it was in 97 or 98. I can't remember exactly which one it was, but it actually caught on fire. Now, like I said, there's no overnight staff that's there overnight. So it's just the hotel guests and the ghosts. You know, for lack of a better word, I mean, it's just I mean, that's what they are. They're fucking ghosts. Well, there was a guy that used to play music there all the time on the weekends. And most of the times he would just take a room for the night. Well, the ghosts are very playful in there. And especially in that room that he would stay in, like all of a sudden out of nowhere, the TV turns on. Well, he just called the ghost, George. He's like, George, knock it off. And you get up, turn the TV off. And 99% of the time, George would leave him alone after he asked him to leave him alone. Well, one night, that TV comes on. He wakes up, turns it off. He's like, George, leave me alone. About 20, 30 minutes later, TV turns back on again. He gets up. He's like, George, please leave me alone. Third time when the TV turns on, it's turned the volume all the way up. And he's like, what the fuck? All of a sudden, he smells smoke. Ooh. That's when that fire in 98 happened. Dang, dude. saved his he, life. He he swears to this day he's like George woke me up so I could get all the other guests out of the hotel because he went went running from room to room banging on the door telling everybody he's like y'all gotta get the fuck out of here. Yeah. This place is on fire. Yeah, holy shit, dude. Well, you know it, dude, it's it's there's some freaky shit that's happening. <laughs>
0: They, uh but. I wonder, you know, we, I, we've we done ghost stories and stuff like that, but I think being from the South, do you think we just kind of grew up hearing about stories, so you were kind of not, I don't want to say afraid of them, but you kind of like paid your respects. When you heard of something, you were kind of like, okay, well, they say this is haunted, so I'm going to go in there, and I'm not going to do nothing stupid, so yeah. You know what I'm trying yeah. to say, kind of like you coming you in, you it were gonna be right. I think that's the thing. We kind of approach it differently growing up, hearing the stories, and so we're not in there trying to get them to activate or do whatever they want to do. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree with that, Arlo. Totally, because I mean, like I said, I mean the the fucking building was built three years after the fucking country was actually officially recognized. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I it was, mean, it's
1: crazy. fucking time! It was around probably before then, but as a formal in restaurant and bar, you know that that started in 1779. But yeah, I believe that you know, you know, we're besides the Northeast, we're some of the oldest parts of the you know country being settled.
0: Yeah, and yeah. I think that's another thing. You know, and that kind of goes back into the Scotch-Irish and stuff trying to come. They wanted to be left alone, so they went into the hills. But also, I think you're, I think you benefit from the natural spring water, too, with all the distilleries oh. up there.
1: That's the reason we got yeah. such good bourbon. Right. And that, yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: hands down. I mean, yeah. I think, you know, it <laughs> kind of, I think that's why it kind of centered around, and then, of course, you know, you've got, you know, the, the laundry list of of people that have been there. But yeah, I mean, what was it? I saw something somewhere. Was it Daniel Boone that was, had to come to court there?
1: Yes, he did. Courthouse was right across the street and Daniel Boone was there. Uh, The James brothers were big fixtures in that area because their cousin happened to be the sheriff of Nelson County. That always helps. Yeah, it yeah. does. It does a little bit. Matter of fact, they built a tunnel in the basement of the tavern. that went out from the tavern and across this, what is now John round Boulevard to the, what's called the old stables, but that was where the original stables were in Bardstown. They had a tunnel built, so, and they actually used it multiple times when, like, I don't know if they were Pinkertons or not, but, you know, Cops or detectives came looking for him. They jumped down the basement. They book it out to the old stables across the street. And before they figure out what the fuck's going on, they're already halfway out of town. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: But no, and Jesse James Ghost is a pretty prominent figure in that place. That's what I'd read. He got,
0: they said he got drunk one night, shot a painting because he thought somebody was standing in, in his uh, hotel
1: room. No, I'll tell you exactly what happened, Arlo. It was a few years before King Louis-Philippe from France, when he was exiled, him and his entourage came to Kentucky. Because actually, Barstown, our sister city is, I think it's Boulogne, France, or whatever, but our sister city, quote-unquote, is in France. But him and his entourage came to Barstown because, now, you got to remember, or actually, you can't remember because I hadn't told you, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, St. Joseph's Cathedral, which is actually now called a basilica by the Vatican, it was the original archdiocese, the furthest west of the Allegheny Mountains. It was the original one. So there was a lot of Catholics there and everything. I mean, I was was raised Catholic. I don't practice it. But, you know, because, you know, at the time, France was, you know, pretty much all Catholics, So I think that's one of the reasons why he ended up here. One, he was running his ass away from getting fucking. Beheaded. Yeah, exactly. Beheaded. <laughs> but uh, And he got as further west as he can, which was still a Catholic area. But they stayed at the top of the tavern. And a member of his entourage actually painted And I remember it before the fire. It was a beautiful mural of, you know, just people and animals and everything. And there were several birds that were like, quote unquote, flying in the air. Now, what happened was, is Jesse was at the bar one night and he tied one on pretty good. And basically they told him he's like, look, you need to go upstairs and sleep it off. Or you got to get the fuck out of here. So he decided he's going to go upstairs and sleep it off. Well, he laid down. And at some point he woke up and the le- local legend at least says that he thought those birds on the mural were flying towards it. Dang. So he pulled his fucking guns out and blasted that fucking ball. And I'm going to tell you right now, he hit three or four of them fucking <laughs> birds. <laughs> that drunk, that good of a shot. I'm like, yeah, okay. Yep. <laughs> but that, those, those bull holes, actually, to this day, are still in that wall. That now, when that, when that major fire happened in 98, it actually destroyed the mural. And I can't give you a good reason why, other than they're fucking idiots, but they had fucking art departments from across the country saying, let us restore that mural. For whatever reason, the fucking owners didn't do it. I can't tell you how many... Dozens upon dozens, if not hundreds of people, I had come in wanting to see the wall that Jesse James shot up. But at that point, they were using it for fucking storage. You got this oh, historic thing that everybody from across America is coming to look at, and you got paint cans stored in there. What? That's crazy. they opened Damn. it up now, but they, they lost their opportunities to replace the mural. Yeah. So now when you go in there, it's just a blackened wall. The bullet holes are still in there. But other than that, it's fucking useless. I'm like, man, what the fuck are y'all thinking, dude? But I remember taking mm. one of my good buddies, his little boy, we took him up there one day. We walked him in because this is back when the, it was closed up. Because I mean, it, that room was not open to the public from 98 till probably four or five years ago. But, so, you know, me being a manager and everything, I had keys to everything. I was like, come on, Alex. We took him up there and his dad told me, he said, stick your finger in that hole. He's like, Well, I don't know what's gonna happen. He's like, ain't nothing gonna happen. He's like, just stick your finger in that hole. So finally Alex does it. And I looked at him and said, You know what you're touching? He's like, no. I said, that's a bullet fired by Jesse James. I said, you're one of the very few people in the last 20 years that have gotten the opportunity to do that. And I've taken my boys up there. And, of course, Liam, he doesn't remember any of it. But, yeah, I mean, that has been some crazy shit happened through there, man. Jesse and Frank were fucking – they were pretty much regulars for the most part.
0: I was going to say, back then, I think I had read historically that was kind of like – I guess you would equate it to like Oklahoma now with it was the hub for the post. I mean, you had north, south, east, and west coming through there. Stagecoach wise, bringing mail and stuff, and so yeah, they were. I think that was the the big thing for them. They could always put their ear to the ground, and find out who was going where, what what was going, which direction. Yeah. So,
1: not only that, that, matter of fact, the Cobble Tavern was at the time the oldest stagecoach stop in the west of the United States. Because you got to remember, you know, Kentucky was actually originally part of Virginia. They, yeah. yeah, we created our own state, and right. I guess Virginia said, "I'm." We don't want to fuck with these hillbillies. So we're gonna <laughs> in their own fucking country, <laughs> our own fucking state. Hey, west Virginia, we were the oldest uh, stagecoach stop west of the Allegheny Mountains. So I mean, it was it was a, a barge town for as little a place it is, had a pretty big impact on history, man. It really did.
0: Yeah. yeah, they said you know you were talking about Clark still owes an unpaid bill. I had read where uh, George Patton had stayed there too.
1: He did. Matter of fact, one of the rooms that are in the top tavern, it's called the General's quarters because both General Patton and General Clark both stayed in that same room. They have once oh. called the Abraham Lincoln Suite because that's where Abraham and his family lived during that court battle. They got the uh, Anton Von, I think it's Von Heidrich. The, I can't remember what his name is. He was a composer. You oh, got yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah. They got the Daniel Boone Room, which by hands down is the most fucking haunted room in that building. And That's then good. you have the uh, Washington Irving Suite, the guy that wrote. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you, because yeah. I was going to fucking struggle on that for a minute, Ed. <laughs> But, yeah. But I'm telling you, that Daniel Boomer room, now, I don't know if it's the same now, because they've actually redone the interior, but when I worked there, there, you know, you come in, it's just, you know, there's a bed, TV, bathroom, all this stuff, and there's just, like, one, like, sitting chair, and it was green. and I remember one of my coworkers, she was walking the guest up down that, that, uh, hallway and the guest stopped her and grabbed her by the arm. She's like, I don't mean to freak you out. She said, but I'm a medium. She's like, I'm getting something from this room. She's like, there's a guy saying, this is my chair. This is my chair. Well, ironically, and I've done this, I did this at least three times. If you put a bag or anything on that green chair and go to sleep, when you wake up, that some bitch is going to be on the ground. Oh, wow. It happened to me three times. Dang. I can't tell you how many other guests i talked to were like, put my bag on the chair, and then I woke up and was on the ground. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't fuck with that guy's chair. But now they're gonna have to. Now they, they changed up the whole room up. They got like a red chair and everything. I'm like, y'all made them piss somebody off. Like, there ain't no telling what's gonna happen to these guests now. Yeah, but yeah, no. I mean that that Daniel Boone room is hands down. That and the uh, Anton von Heinrich or whatever. Those are the two most haunted rooms, hands down. I I mean I I've got. Dozens of stories of shit. I can honestly say I never actually saw a ghost. I saw something out of the corner of my eye or something like that. But I've had enough shit happen and make me be like, right, it's time to get the fuck out of here. Well,
0: and you know? I think just being, you know, not being stupid, kind of being in tune with your surroundings too, you know, kind of kept, probably kept, you and a bunch of other people that work there, kind of y'all, right, y'all can have your fun. I'm gonna, I'm gonna step out now. <laughs> yeah,
1: you, 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 come into it that sense, like, all right, look, hey, there's a chance some shit's gonna happen. I'm just gonna fucking do my job and just get the hell out. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Especially being a manager, you know, I mean, shit. Most on the weekend nights, it was two, three o'clock in the morning before I was able to leave. And 3 yeah. o'clock in the morning is, of course, what is known as the witching hour. That's right. Yep. Well, That's when I do all my witching. <laughs> <laughs> I do mine whenever I get the opportunity, if she's willing. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the the office is located upstairs. Now, and this, this story is going to transit to another story, which is ties into the whole Jesse James ghost. All right. When you go to the back of the bar, there's a staircase that goes up to the top stair or top floor and right up on the side of that is where the office is. Well, outside of the office in that little section is where the drop safe was, which is where we know we take our money every night, we drop it off, drop it in the safe, and you know, spin the lock. That way they ain't got, you know, the money's secure. I can't Tell you how many times, I, I mean, honestly, I couldn't count it on both hands and feet. I'd go up there at three o'clock in the morning and I'm dropping the money bags in the safe, and all of a sudden the temperature just drops. All the hair on the back of my neck stands up, and I didn't see anything, didn't hear anything, but I was like, fuck this shit. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking. Fun next safe, and I bet my I bet I only hit three steps on the way down. Otherwise, it sounded like I heard a buffalo. I've got <laughs> to run that bar with the bouncers, and I'm Like, everybody get the fuck out now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, man. But like I said, regardless, there was only one area in that building that gave me the crease. Other than that, every time anything happened, I never felt threatened. I honestly think they were like. The overseers, the protectors. Yeah. Yeah. And a matter of fact, now that I think about it, there was a stretch for about six months. And this is back when you could still smoke in bars. And, of course, you know, in a bar through, you know, one thirty, two 2 o'clock in the morning, it's going to smell like cigarettes and spilled beer and bourbon and all that. So we had carpet. You know, they weren't the smart enough to linoleum or anything else down. <laughs> or, pergola or whatever. But anyway, we'd be sitting there cleaning up at night, and all of a sudden you just get this overwhelming smell. The only way I can describe it was like lilacs. And almost, I want to say baby powder, but it was like an old-fashioned perfume. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it would just permeate the entire bar. I mean, it wasn't just me noticing it. The other bartenders, the bouncers, and everybody would all stand up and be like, shit, y'all smell that? And the only thing we could think of is one of those little girls that had unfortunately passed away in the tavern. It was like she was following us around because I'd go in the bathroom. Now, mind you, this is a bathroom. The sewer system ain't been updated. i gonna say he's got you some die than shit Oh yeah, in there. yeah. <laughs> I'm tell you right now though, and take this from a in a women's bathroom is a hell of a lot worse to clean yeah. up than a yeah. men's bathroom. Hey, You're I coach. I coach.
0: I don't know, but I coached girls for ten years, and hands down, when we had well, when my wife got pregnant, I told her, I said, I don't care as long as it's a boy, because I know how nasty them girls
1: are. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah. It's, as sweet as you think they are, and as hot as you think they are, you start thinking. Of, you go in that bathroom and be like, "Sup, Oh um, yeah, You yeah, right. That or like under a glass table, they're bad too. <laughs> so, uh, That's <laughs> what I've heard. Something about Cleveland,
0: <laughs>
1: but no, I swear. When we when that during that six month stretch when that was happening, like I'd go into the bathroom. Instead of smelling nothing but piss and shit, all I could smell was that lilac and baby powder. It was like she followed us around everywhere she went. I mean, it it got to the point where, you know, we'd be cleaning up at the end of the night, and all of a sudden, you start smelling, and somebody would be like, she's here. Yeah. And honestly, Uh, like I said, none of that shit ever made me uncomfortable, except for the time when the two cases of beer fell right behind my bed. Yeah, yeah except this one corner. And this is going to bring a lot of it to the surface. All right. I told y'all that there was a massive fire. I think it was in 98, if I'm not mistaken. A good chunk of the upper level was, I mean, they had to pretty much damn near rebuild the whole second story. Now, when you come, I told you about the back stairs where I'd go up to drop the money in the safe. hmm Yeah. When you get up to the top of the, those stairs, if you go to your left, or excuse me, if you go to your right, that's where the office is, that's where the safe is and everything. If you go to your left, it's like about, I don't know, seven, eight-foot section, and then you turn the corner to go to all the rooms. Now, if you went around that corner on the left, there was a storage closet which used to be a dumbwaiter, which I'm sure y'all realize dumbwaiters, they put stuff on a yeah. pulley. And, yeah. you know, I've had up. a bunch of them, but they work hard. They <laughs> <laughs> get good tips. Not the ones I worked with. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that area they end up renovating into a storage closet. And I want to tell you right now, that fire, that's what sparked up most of the ghosts. Because that dumbwaiter area, there was something about that corner. That's where a shit ton of activity happened.
0: You think some of the kids may have played in it, and that's how they some of them passed? or?
1: No, I think, honestly, just that when they redid the building, that they just kind of stirred up some spirits, oh, okay. to be honest. I got you. That was kind of maybe their portal, if that's what they yeah,
0: – yeah. yeah, I think I mean- it's
1: more like a portal, to be honest with you. That's exactly it, Ed. But I'm telling you, I will get to the top of that stairs, and I was scared to look at my left because yeah. I was like, "Man, there's something right up here." I'd go yeah. in there, and then I'd drop, I'd drop in money bags in that safe, and I'd spend that some bitch of my ass was headed out the door. And <laughs> didn't even make it a safe the fuck it, I'll clean up tomorrow. Yeah, but yeah. There's a couple times i came be here with the bags on with me. <laughs> but there was a, cause we've had dozens of ghost hunters come through there and everything. And there was one, I tried to look it up the other day. I think I may have been talking to you, Ed, the yes. Queen City's ghost hunters. Yeah. And I cannot find that video now to save my life, but they were up there one time. And the kitchen manager at the time was with, I was a bar manager. I wasn't there. I didn't actually physically see it, but I've seen the video dozens of times. I'm going to tell you right now, the only thing I can call it is the minion. And these motherfuckers were at the end of the hall by the Antoine von Heinrich suite, looking towards that corner where the former dumbwaiter slash now storage room is. And you can just, you can see... Something. It's almost like a like a cat or something crawling around the corner, and it looks up, and as it starts coming down the hallway, I swear to God, this mother swelled up to the size of a gorilla. Dang! I mean, to the point you could if I if I can ever find this video again, I would more than happy to send it to y'all. You see all the guys from this ghost hunters group and my manager, they all book it past the camera. They're all like, fuck this shit. Oh, shit. I mean, it literally it morphs into something little tiny to where, like I said, like it's damn near a gorilla mm-mm, mm-mm. Oh, area in the entire building that ever creeped me out. Even before I saw that video, when I get up to the top of those steps, if I look to my left, I just get the creeps, man. <laughs> that's the only thing is like you go down the basement. Most people were afraid of the basement because there's a supposedly, I never saw him. Like I said, I've never seen a ghost there, but dozens of employees have reported them. There's a ghost of an, a slave in this one room. Now you gotta, this is not just your average basement. I mean, you're talking a basement built out of limestone rocks that are like five, six feet tall. I mean, it's old, old school.
0: I think it's on one of, like, the masonry historical registers, too.
1: Like, for brick and mortar. Very well could be. But if you go into the, you go in the main room, that's where we have, like, you know, the cooler for the kegs, for the, you know, draft beer and all that shit, and all the different, you know, stuffer, you know, serving tables and everything. And then you go to the second room, and that's where they had the, Machines for like the draft sodas. And it was supposedly, like I said, I never saw them and I never got a creepy feeling down there, but there's a ghost of a slave that would be standing in the back corner, you know, in tattered clothes and all that stuff. And then you go up to the very back of the thing, and that's where that tunnel was dug for Frank and Jesse James, which is filled in now by just debris and shit. I never had a problem that everybody else freaked out about the basement. I was like, man, that basement don't bother me at all. I was like, it's that I trade to- the corner, about the- that's fucking- what I was about to say. Room number six, yeah. fucked me up. I
0: was about to say, I'll <laughs> trade y'all the corner for the basement.
1: <laughs> I'll go down that basement and throw me a sleeping bag down to sleep like a baby. <laughs> but you ain't get me, although I did stay in room six a couple of times. And nothing ever messed with me. Every time, I slept in every room in that building. Nothing ever messed with me except for room five, the Daniel Boone room, when I put in bags. I did it on purpose. I'd always put a bag on that green chair, and every morning when I woke up, had bags on the ground. Daniel wasn't playing that shit. Nope. Yeah, I don't think it was Daniel, but whoever it was, he wasn't. <laughs> I, I got a coon hat and I got this chair right here. That's all I got left. <laughs> <laughs> I got a coon hat and a chair. And fuck with me, brother. Oh, man. But no, nah, man, I'm telling you, that place is fucked. And then, of course, right next door is the original jail.
0: Yeah, I was reading that, that the jail, then it's that. And there's something else that's haunted. Like, this is on, like, North something street. And then something on East Street. Is- the McGillian's house? Yes, that's it.
1: Yeah, my sister lived there. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah, that motherfucker's haunted as shit. <laughs> that's, the, that's one of the few places that has really honestly fucked me up, man. I remember one day, she was, this is when she was working the tavern. I came back, I was, I lived in, Newark, in Portland, Oregon for about almost six years. You, and bro. I came back, and she was working the tavern at that time. She asked me, would you go over to my apartment and grab my medicine for me? I was like, yeah, no problem. So I go in, and I start walking up, you know, stairs. I get to the second floor, and I'm starting to walk towards the, the, one of the staircase wraps around to go to the third floor. And something just made me stop dead in my tracks. And I looked down this hallway, and I'm telling you, it was like like what happened on the corner by the fucking the tavern. I mean, every hair on the back of my neck stood up, and just everything in my body told me, get the fuck out. Ran up into her apartment real quick, grabbed whatever it was she had me grab, and I ran back out, and I go back over to the tavern. I give it to her and everything, and I'm just sitting there. And I was like, give me, give, give me a drink. Give me a drink. <laughs> yeah. I, was like, I was like, I don't give a fuck. Give me some kind of bourbon. I don't give a fuck what you give me. She's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, Carrie, is there something that you haven't told me about that building? She's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot to tell you. Whoopsie. That- that house is haunted. I'm like, okay, thanks you for telling me now you're buying the drink. <laughs> but she even told me because it was, well, it was originally her dog it was my parents' dog at the time. When she tried to take him up there, he stopped at that same point that I was, looked down that hallway and just started barking uncontrollably and refused to move. She had to pick him up and carry him up the stairs. I was like, you know, that, this the kind of shit that you probably should let somebody know about. Yeah. 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 What are they saying happened there? I've never heard. Well, actually, I take that back. I do know that at one point in the basement, or actually, I guess you would call it a cellar, they found a surgeon's hand guide for amputations from the Civil War.
0: That's never a good spot to.
1: No, no, nothing. yeah, that, that's a bad starting point. No, once you find
0: once you find <laughs> out a piece of property has that, it has a field hospital on it, you might as well just cordon it off. You know? Yeah. ain't nothing yeah, good yeah, ever yeah. gonna come yeah. in there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah, that's not for the living. No, you that's know? not. That's all, I put <laughs> all this shit out later, and I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> but and you know, were, you may be right there. Maybe some portal. That maybe what the fuck that is. They may uh, all have to have that. It,
0: this is. I don't funny. know. I don't know shit
1: about ghosts. I, 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 they interest the shit out of me. Yeah, I don't. I don't really know shit about them either. But I'm gonna tell you right now, all three of these spots are within a block. So it oh, makes. Wow. Yeah, that does make a good point, Ed. Because basically the way yeah. Barstown's laid out. All right, in the center of Barstown, you have the old courthouse, which is a roundabout. All right, on the roundabout, on the northeast side, that's the old Tommy Tavern. Right next to that's the old Jailer's Inn. On the northwest side is the McLean house. So they're all right there centrally organized. But I was, I was over at my sister's house one night. We were sitting around, you know, watching TV and shit. And she ended up kind of dozing off. And all of a sudden, I started hearing... Sound like somebody's like trying to open the door in our apartment. So, yeah. Me and me, I'm like, the fuck is this? Yeah, <laughs> I'm not running up there. I open the door, nobody there. We're on the third floor, the top floor. And now, mind you, this house is like 200 years old, so it's not like you're creeping down the stairs without making any yeah. noise. Yeah, and of course, I've also I'm, I've got my gun in my hand at that point. Cause I'm yeah. like, who the fuck's trying to get in there? Yeah. So I closed the door. I was like, I guess I'm just hearing shit. Walk back, sit down in the living room. About five, ten minutes later, it happens again. So I go running back, open the door. Nobody there. So this time, I close it, I lock it, and I kind of do the old movie trick where you make the steps like you're walking away but I'm standing right there five feet from the door. Yeah. So I'm just sitting there waiting in my car. somebody's spoke with me. Either somebody get shot or I don't know. I didn't know <laughs> what to be honest with you. But by God, I watched that door handle rotate back and forth. And I yanked that door open. And I'm going to tell you right now, there is no way in hell. Somebody could have gotten away from Where I, how quick I was to open that door. There's no way they got away, and so now I'm really I'm I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. I go walking in there in the living room, and my sister wakes up. She's like, "What's wrong?" I was like, "I just sit down." She's like, "Why do you have your gun in your hand?" I was like, (laughs) "Something ain't right, Carrie." She's like, "Oh, you heard the door, didn't you?" I was like. You mean our door? She's like, yeah. The ghosts like to joke around and play with my door. It's like you couldn't tell me this shit. I struck yeah. two.
0: strike two. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but she said that you know when like when she'd be there by herself. You know, she had a, a Jack Russell Terrier, and she said he'd wake her up almost all the time, just barking nonstop. And she said she'd just sit up and be like. Look, would you all please leave my dog alone? I just want to get some sleep. And she's like, every time she said that, they left her alone. Yeah, it's just where I got that idea. Every time when I was in the tavern, when I got another feeling. I'd always say, "Hey, any spirits here? I mean, you no harm. I want to get in, do a, and get out. That's right. Yeah. And like I said, I think it was more the kids' ghosts that like to fuck with us, the name things? I mean, yeah. just kids. I think I may have told Ed this story on a blabbering text message. I don't know. <laughs> but this bar in the tavern, it's a turn-of-the-century bar that was originally in Chicago. It had to be shipped by train. And it's probably a good 60, 70 feet.
0: Dang. Yeah. I mean,
1: intricately detailed bar. I mean, it's, the bar is immaculate even though the fuckers that put the top part up put it up uh, upside down. <laughs> you, if you didn't know any better, you'd never notice. But once you find out, that's all you can look at. You're like, yeah. <laughs> But anyway, it's a long section of a bar, and it's kind of like one of those old-school bars where the short end has that little flap that folds up and down so the bartenders can walk in and out of it. All right. I'm in there by myself. I think it was like on Sunday or something like that. It's probably like four or five o'clock. There's no customers in there. I'm nestled into that corner by that short section. And I'm just sitting there looking at my phone, you know, just like, you know, reading the news, whatever. And all of a sudden, you know how when little kids try to get your attention, they'll tug on your pants. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. That happened to me. They tell three times, and I just froze. <laughs> I just kind of looked down underneath that thing. I'm like, all right, okay. Now, the other thing, this is the only part about it that pisses me off. My pet peeve when I was a bartender, do not smack that fucking bar to get my attention. Mm. Fuck you. I'm not a dog. You you smack that bar, you're waiting another 10 minutes for your fucking beer, asshole. Yeah. But all of a sudden, I nestled back in, and I started looking in the news again, and all of a sudden, I hear a smack right there on that small section. Dang. I immediately looked up, because I figured it, I figured it was like one of the my servers that was just fucking with me. But there is no way they got up those stairs and into that lobby without me seeing them. So I'm like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I nestle back in and like literally within 30 seconds, I get three more tugs. On, I'm, I'm actually tugging my shorts doing it. Mm-hmm. But I get three more tugs on my shorts. And I look down again. And I get up. I walk down to the, the bar. I was like, you stay up there. I'll stay down here. <laughs> We're good,
0: dude. <laughs> just being unnerved. I mean, that, that's the thing. It's not really anything malicious. It's just being that unnerved, knowing yeah. that you're not, yeah. you can't control the situation, and you know damn well your eyes are not playing tricks on you.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. exactly yeah. it. It's the unnerving, yeah. portion of it that that really fucks you more than anything because you've got no control over
0: it. No, no, and that, I think yeah. I think that's the other thing. You know, I kind of touched on about the South. <laughs> We all grew up hearing these stories and stuff, and there's just certain things you didn't question that you you're not going to be able to control. And I think that's what kind of lends and, to the yeah. the thing of them kind of watching over the people that work there and stuff like that.
1: I and you honestly, respect it
0: going in. Yeah, you don't have you don't go in there trying to stir them up or cause problems, no. Or face
1: anything, or yeah. you know, it's uh. Yeah. You know, you're brought up to respect it. You know. Yeah, I tell you what. I got a good story. Somebody to find that. <laughs> like I said, there's no overnight staff that stays there. So if you're the only person renting a room, it's just you there. Ooh, no, no, and, no. Oh shit, man! Well, we had a guy come in. It was towards the end of the night. It was myself, the bar manager at the time, and the general manager, and he's renting a room. So the general manager's checking them in and everything, and she's like, look, i got to be completely honest with you. You know, this place, some people believe it. I do. Some people don't, but this place is haunted, and there's going to be nobody else because he was going to be the only one there. It was just him and them. And she's like, look, you know, a lot of people say this place is haunted, and all of a sudden he just immediately starts like, man, fuck that shit. I don't believe none of that bullshit. And I'm looking at him like, no, 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 dude, don't do that. Yeah. (laughs) Don't do that. And she's like, well, just in case, here's my cell phone number. If you have any issues, give me a call. So we all three leave and go to the Debbie, the bar manager's apartment. We're just sitting around drinking. And it's probably like 45 minutes later. She gets a call on her phone. This guy's in a dead panic, screaming on the phone. He's like, you got it. Cause one of the keys we we'll give you is a key to the front door. So you can lock and unlock it. You know, if you have to go out to get something or whatever, it won't work. He's like, you got to get me the fuck out of this goddamn building. I don't know what the fuck. My, my key won't fucking work and all this. I mean, he's like, I can hear him on her phone. Dang. And I'm like seven feet away. And of course, she's like, I'm on my way. I'm on my way. And of course, her and Debbie look at me and go, We got to come with us. I'm like, Why the fuck do I got to come with you? So we get up there, and somehow at this point, this guy has actually gotten out of the actual building and he's just standing on the sidewalk. So we pull up, we get out of the car. We're like, What's going on? He's like, Man somebody's got to go in there and get my fucking luggage. I ain't going back in that fucking building. (laughs) And, of course, both the ladies look at me and they're like, go get his luggage. And I look at him, I was like, hey, man, what the fuck happened in there? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. I was like, dude, you got to yeah. do more than that, man. Don't send me in there, lying. Yeah. Tell us that a fella had sex with one of them ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> I think he have got fucked by one of them ghosts.
0: He put something <laughs> he in that he chair he wasn't supposed it. to. Yeah. <laughs> he, got, he
1: got a little more ghost story than he wanted, I believe. Yeah, I believe so. But I keep talking to him. I was like, man, tell me what is going on. And, he's, and he just absolutely shut down. He's like, I ain't talking about it. I ain't talking about it. I'm Like. Dude, this ain't cool. Send my ass in there blind like this. So I walked in that hotel, knowing there's nobody else staying there. As soon as I closed that door, I said, look, any spirits in here? I mean, you no harm. I just want to get this guy's clothes and suitcases and get out. I walked right up there. Walked right in. And matter of fact, he was staying in the Daniel Boomer room. Top it all off. (laughs) Got his luggage. Come back out. They never fucked with me. I'm telling you right now, that's one of the scariest things I've ever done in my life besides becoming a father. (laughs) That'll scare you. Ed,
0: hold on, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I I mean, I'm telling you. I was raised by lawyer slash judge and car salesman. I was raised how to read people's body language. Yeah. Yeah. This fucker was scared shitless, dude. I guarantee you if I didn't go in there and get his luggage, he just said, fuck it, keep it. That's how fucked up he got. But I was like, man, I tried to tell you when you were talking shit about the shows. Yep. That's the reason I was saying, I wouldn't say that if I was you. They yeah. could be your best friends or they could be your worst enemies. Yeah. yeah. I think
0: he found They're out right. the hard way.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. He definitely found out the hard <laughs> way. Getting back to Jesse James. Jesse and Frank James, most people don't realize, were the last two official surrenders of the Civil War. Guess where that happened? At the tavern. At the tavern. It wasn't the tavern. But it was just outside of Barstown and Samuels at their cousin, who I mentioned earlier was the sheriff at his house. Matter of fact, Bill Samuels, the owners of Makers, well, they're not the owners now. This is Jim Bean. Frank and Jesse James' mom, if you look her up, her last name was listed as Samuels because she got remarried after their father died. That family is related to the family that opened Maker's Mark Distillery. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. The last official surrender of the Civil War was in Samuels, Kentucky, which is about, I don't know, I'd say 8 to 10 miles outside of Bardstown, at the sheriff's house. They both handed over their guns. Now, the Samuels family to this day still has Frank James' pistol that he handed over. Somehow they got it back. Hmm. Wow. But now there's a lady used to be a bookkeeper there and I knew her and I've talked to her about this and I want to tell you right now, I've got no reason to doubt her for one. She's always been an honest person and I can't see her just making this shit up out of nowhere. But one night she was in there, it was toward, you know, closing time and all this. And she saw a guy walking down one of the hallways And she knew there wasn't supposed to be any guests there that night. So she followed him and she kept seeing him, you know, every time she'd catch up to him, he'd like duck into another doorway, something like that. And the last one, now remember when I told you about the staircase that goes up from the bar to the top floor? Mm -hmm. Back then it was not enclosed. It was an outdoor staircase. Oh, okay. And this was during that time. And she sees him go out that door. And so she runs over and opens the door. He turns around, looks at her, and just starts laughing. Just like hysterically laughing. Well, she slammed the door, she's freaked out of I me. Mean, who the fuck knows who this guy is? Yeah. But she said he was dressed in like eighteen hundreds clothing with a cowboy hat. And it basically it fucked her up.
0: I bet so. Yeah.
1: Well it's like night or two nights later, her and her husband were watching the History Channel and they were doing a piece on Frank and Jesse James. They flashed up a picture of Jesse and she grabbed her husband's arm and squeezed the shit out of it. She's like, That's the guy I saw the other night. He's like, oh, oh, and he's like she's like, No, I'm telling you. That's the guy I saw the night. Dang. So, I mean, it just it makes you wonder, I mean, of all places, Jesse James his ghost, I wouldn't think that the Top of Tavern in Barstown would be the place, but I'm telling you right now, I've talked to this lady, and she's convinced that the whoever or whatever it was she saw in that staircase was identical to that picture of Jesse James. And I cannot imagine this woman just making this shit up for no reason.
0: Yeah. You wonder, I he kind of wonder if he kind of think, you know, felt more comfortable there because it was home, you know? I mean, that was yeah. his back. He was stomping grounds. I mean, he kind of could come and go as he pleased and people kind of turned the other cheek.
1: Well, it's, you know, you got to figure between the time when he was with Pontrose Raiders and all that, they all ventured into this part of the state. Yeah. And like I said, he had family who was law enforcement. So, you know, it's not like the stakes are as raised as other places. Yeah. No, he's got people that are going to be able to cover for him and help him escape and all this shit. Yep. But it's, 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 I'm going to tell you right now, if it didn't happen, she truly believes in her mind that it
0: happened. Yeah. And that's all that, I mean, that's all you can do from, you know, is just take them on their word because you don't know what's going.
1: Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I, I can't say it's 100% fact, but I can tell you 100% that I believe that she believes it happened. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's scary. I mean, you could, every time she told the story, you could see the fear in her eyes. Mm,
0: yeah. You know, it, it, it was true to her then.
1: Yeah, like I said, the only, I mean it. It's got a lot of crazy tales in that place. The only place that ever scared me was that corner. Okay. That's the only thing that's ever really freaked me out. Other than that, I come in there. Like I said, worst of the worst. I start getting nervous. I just say, hey, I mean you no know, harm, man. Yeah. So me do what I got to do, and I'm get out. I ain't gonna bother you. Yeah. Yeah. And they did. Yeah, it's an interesting
0: hey. town, man. I hope to. Me and my father-in-law talked. I talk- know you don't
1: want to spend night here.
0: <laughs> Me and my father-in-law <laughs> talked about coming over here doing a day trip one time. And uh, I said, man, if we do that, I said, I'm going to have to make some phone calls make sure we get the right tour.
1: Oh, I'll, I'll make get the right tour.
0: <laughs> well, man, I can't Appreciate thank you, you enough.
1: VIP treatment. I guarantee you that. <laughs>
0: yeah.